This is our scripture for the year. Are you ready for this scripture? Psalm 65, 11. We're going to say this every Sunday where you, you are going to get this in your spirit. You crown 2017 with your goodness and your past drip with abundance. Isn't that good? You crown 2017 with your goodness and your past drip with abundance. So that's our scripture for this whole year. That's a refrigerator. That's a sun visor scripture. That's everywhere you are at. Your mirror, your bathroom mirror. Put it on your husband's forehead. Anyway. <laughs> Romans 4, 17, 18. Romans 4, 17, 18. This is a message translation. It says, we call Abraham father. Not because he got God's attention by living like a saint. How many know that Abraham didn't live like a saint? How many know that he lied with, with his wife standing right next to him when the king said, Is that your wife? He goes, Nope. It's my sister. I said this at first service. I said, There's not too many wives today that that man would still be alive today. I mean, he would, be, he would, not, be the father, he would, would not be the father of our faith. He would be... You'd be the dead man. But anyway, uh, he, he, he didn't do that once. He did it twice. So he wasn't a saint. So God didn't pick him because he was perfect. There's a point there. But because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we always read in Scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up. As father of many peoples. Abraham was named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. Raise the dead to life with a word, make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, decided to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do. On the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. It's easy to look at yourself and look at myself, and it's easy to look at your circumstance and say, well, I can't do that. It's easy to see that. But God doesn't want you to look at that. He wants you to look at something different. And he says, and so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. So... We, throughout this year, our endeavor is to get you to see differently. Grace to see. God has given you and me grace to see. And not to see, it doesn't take any faith to look in a mirror and see what you see, to look at your job, to look at your paycheck. That takes no faith. But God wants us to see something differently. So we have grace to see. You know, all through the Bible, that's what God was doing. And Jacob. Jacob was a deceiver. He deceived people. And as far as Jacob knew, that's who he was. And that's what he saw. But God said, no, Jacob, you're going to be Israel. I'm changing you from Jacob to Israel because that's not who you are. I see you differently. Israel is prince of God. That's how I see you, Jacob. You're not a deceiver. Gideon. He, was, he saw himself as a coward. He was hiding from when the... the, the enemy was coming to attack them, he would hide. So he was hidden, and an angel had to go to his hiding spot and tell him, Gideon, you great warrior, you. What was he doing? This is how I see you. You see yourself as a coward. I'm trying to tell you something here, Gideon. 
God is trying to tell us the same. Simon, he called Peter, changed him. Changed him. Why? Because he saw himself as a rock, as somebody with stability. Peter, he didn't have much stability in his life. This is the point. Are you ready? Drum roll. If I could have a drum roll, but I can't. This is it. Behavior follows identity. So the point is, you have to get the identity right to get the behavior right. The church has turned that around. We... The church for years and years. Don't do this. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. Don't do this. And here's the rules. Follow them. If you want to be a good person. How's that worked? Let me answer that. Not good at all. You know why? Because the, the devil has literally deceived the church. Into making it sound so religious and ooky spooky spiritual religious. You know how? I'm just a sinner, saved by grace, but I'm a sinner. If that's your identity, what's going to follow that kind of identity? What kind of behavior will follow that identity? Oh, it's a sin behavior. This is so simple. But what does God say your identity is? As soon as you get born again, as soon as you get born again, from that day throughout eternity, God sees you as the righteousness of God. Ooh. Some of you may have a couple of religious spirits hanging on you this morning. They'll be gone before the end of the service. Listen to me now. Listen to me. This year, we're going to make sure everybody is getting their identity down. People are trying to work on their behavior. You can't work on your behavior. Well, you can, but you will not be successful. But if you work on your identity, behavior is automatic. You don't have to say, okay, I got to be good today. I got to be good. I got to be good. But in a few minutes, I'm going to get out of bed, so it's going to get rough. But if you know that the, good, the goodness of Almighty God is inside of you, that God himself is in you, your identity will be created and changed into your mind until you will see who you really are. You've got to see differently. So, how does God see you? Some of you don't even know how God sees you. You know, even under the, you know, this Bible has two covenants. There's an old covenant and there's a new covenant. We don't live by the old covenant anymore. And I am so thankful. I'm not a man that could cut up and see guts and heart pumping and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not wired like that. So I would not be a good priest back in those days. I would run. But under the new covenant, even under, let me just say this, under the old covenant, God says, you're the head and not the tail. He says, I only see you above and not beneath. Matter of fact, he says, I've set blessing and cursing before you. I've done all these things. I see you as blessed in the city and then blessed in the field. If you live in the rural parts of America, I still see you blessed. If you live in the city, I still see you blessed. He says, I see your storehouses full. So that means your checking account, your banking account, your 
401k, whatever you got saved up for the future, he says, I see it full. I see you blessed. That's how our Heavenly Father sees. You can just say he sees you healed. He sees you prosperous. He sees you blessed. He sees you highly favored. That's the way your Heavenly Father sees you. The problem is the church does not see themselves that way. That's not a devil problem. That's not a God problem. That's a problem you and I can fix, though, to change our eyesight, to see differently. As a church, we're going to help you do that in 2017. We're going to make sure that you start seeing better. I mean, no, 2020 is good vision. You don't need glasses to see 2020. But God wants to make sure you have 2020 vision when it comes to see yourself the way He sees you. And most of us need correction in that area. You know, there was a book written by the Prayer of Jabez. It was really popular a few years back, the Prayer of Jabez. If you're familiar with that, in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10, it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Wouldn't you hate to be that? All your life, you've just been a pain. You were a pain at childbirth, and you've been a pain ever since. So you just call, I'm just calling you pain. Hey, pain, come here, I need you. Verse 10, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. How I many know, I underline throughout that, just go back to the, to the other scripture. Look at all the me's and I, I just underline that. Me's and my, a bunch of me, 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 my, my. You know, most of us say, well, what a selfish prayer. Me, 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 me. But that scripture started off with God saying he was more honorable than his brothers. So something we're missing there, if that's what you're thinking, that he's just selfish. Because God says he was more honorable than his brothers, and not only was he more honorable, God granted him his request. He said, Lord, I don't want to be a pain to anybody, but you, I just want your blessing to be on my life and enlarge my territory. Cause me to be a blessing. I don't want to be a pain. I want that to end. God goes, got it, done. You know what? As a pastor, you may get rocked off your chair, but I want to be rich. I'm just seeing how you respond, that's all. And I tell you what, I have a desire, and it's not just a desire, I have a strong desire to be a blessing to people. I want our church to be so blessed and so rich that, man, when a missionary says, you know, I just believe in God for a car, how many think it's a lot better in saying, how much does it cost? And we'll write you out a check instead of, you know what, we'll start that bake sale tomorrow. You're going to be banking for till Jesus comes probably to... to to get that to come in. Nothing wrong with bake sales. I'm not saying that. But how many know that if there's a need, if you can just help them out right then, it's a blessing. It's not too much a blessing. It says, well, praise God. 
It's a lot bigger blessing when somebody comes to you and they're going to lose their house or they're going to lose their car if they don't make a payment and you go, how much do you owe in your house? Well, my house payment, you know, is $785. No, how much do you owe in your house? Oh, don't you're making me. It's too. Yeah, that's my father. That's my father and that's how he wants you to see yourself. But if you see yourself broke, you're not going to help anybody. But, you know, the church has embraced this. You know, we just don't want to be too you're greedy around here and get all the money. You know what the devil's saying? Just have enough to barely get by. Why? Because you ain't going to help nobody. You can't even help yourself. We're just getting rid of a lot of religious thinking. Stinking thinking. Jabez believed in the goodness of his father. It's a shame there's so many churches filled with people today that don't believe in the goodness of their father to ask him and to believe him to enlarge their life, to be increased in every year. Grace to see. Everybody say grace to see. The Bible says he granted Jabez his request, so obviously it must not be a bad thing to increase. Moving right along. Romans 8.32 he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, with Jesus, also freely give us all things? I notice that word shall. Did you, you know, we know that what Jesus has brought, provided for us on the cross, he provided salvation, which is healing. Uh, we're going to heaven, which is blessing, prosperity. All of that was provided through the death, burial, and resurrection. But this scripture says, how shall. How many know shall is future tense? It's not past tense. He shall, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know what that means? Whatever you need for tomorrow, God says, I've got it covered. You need favor with your boss? A different boss. Maybe there's things, I don't know about you, but obviously we have things in our future that we don't know we need. God says, got it. I, I read this article one time. It said that a lady was flying across the international, international dateline. And this is back in the day. You remember when they had the telephones on the back of the seat and it probably cost, you know, 10, 15, 20, 50 bucks a, a minute or something. But she had grandkids, which means it doesn't matter how much it costs. But anyway, so she crossed the pilot says, we are now leaving Tuesday and entering Wednesday. It is Wednesday now. We just crossed international late night. He made that announcement. So the little grandmother couldn't wait. She called, Johnny, I just want you to know, it's Tuesday where you're at, right? Yeah, Grandma. I'm in Wednesday, and I just want you to know, everything's okay in Wednesday. Come on now. That's our Heavenly Father. You're in January 2017. I'm in February. I'm in March. I'm in 2018. I just want you to know everything is a-okay. Why? Because I'm there. God is there. He is in your future. He is in your present. He's in the past. He's taking care of everything, past, present, and future. That's your Father. 
So we need to know that. We need to see that. Everything has been taken care of. And notice that phrase in Romans 8.32. Freely give. Freely give. In the Greek, this is what it means. To grant as a favor. Gratuitously in kindness. Pardon or rescue. That's the strongest concordance. It's stressing that this is something that the Lord will do by grace, not based upon your performance. So in other words, he says, by grace I'm doing this, not because you've been well, you've done good. Just like, you know, Abraham. He took care of Abraham, blessed him, even though he lied, threw his wife under the bus. But, you know, he blessed him anyway. Why? Well, I, Pastor, you don't know my life. I just don't deserve it. I don't deserve things, you know. There's people that you, they may even have this attitude. Well, I got sick, you know, and I probably deserve it because, you know, I just don't treat my wife very well and I probably deserve this. Well, I'm telling you what, then all of us deserve walking pneumonia 24-7. I don't treat my wife perfect. I do the best. I mean, but I don't treat her perfect. So, I mean, let's just all get sick together. My point is this. You don't deserve it. But God says, I knew you couldn't deserve it. I knew you couldn't work for it. I knew you wouldn't be good enough. That's why I sent Jesus. And now because he sent Jesus, I'm giving you grace, undeserved favor undeserved favor as soon as you and I get born again we hook up with God Jesus becomes our Savior from that day throughout eternity forever forever grace the favor of God is upon your life no matter what oh come on now pastor you don't see it but don't worry you just keep coming You'll see it eventually. God is that good. I said, your father's that good. Your father's that good. How can good news be that good? It's better than what you can. It's better than what I can describe with my Kentucky intellect. It's so great that no preacher can say it from the pulpit. It's that good. You think, oh, that's just so good. Honey, I, we're not even scratching the surface. I truly believe when the angels go around and around in heaven, the Bible says in Revelation, they cry, holy, holy. You know, most people think, what a boring job. What's your job? Oh, I'm on holy duty this week. You got to fly around God the Father and cry, holy. What a boring job. When I read the first time I read that, I go, how boring, forever? Oh, what did they do? They didn't follow Satan, but they must have got close. That's the greatest job in heaven. You know why? This is why. When they're flying around, they see the goodness of God like they've never seen before. And so they go, whoa, holy. And they keep flying around, whoa, holy. 24-7, all the time, throughout eternity, the goodness of God is going to be expressed with immeasurability. It can't be expressed. It can't be seen forever and ever and ever and ever. Throughout eternity we'll be expressing the goodness of God. But the good news is, he says, it starts when you say, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Boom! The beginning's then. Not when you get to heaven. The church is always expressed when we all get to heaven. We'll shout the great victory when we all see Jesus.
and the, the devils are clapping. Yeah, see it. But he says, I got you hell on earth right here, honey. So just keep singing. When you get to heaven, I got you wrapped around hell here. So the church believes it. And they see that. When God says, no, 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 no. I've set blessing before you. I've set cursing before you. I've set the thing. And just in case you get too I'm pretty sure he said this in Deuteronomy for the religious people. In case you don't know which one to cite. Blessing or cursing. Goodness or evil. He says, choose blessing. That's for all the religious people think, you know, maybe we should choose the other one and just, you know, sackcloth and ashes. And then he says, no, choose blessing. Most six-year-olds would choose blessing, but for the adults, I have to tell you what to choose. James chapter 1 verse 6, it says, but when you ask him, ask God, be sure that your faith is in God alone. You need to really underline that God alone. Not your goodness, not your, what you can think I believe for. I just don't know if I have a faith. I don't know me. And I, no, he's talking about God alone. Because if it's not God alone, do not waver for a person with divided loyalty. So in other words, sometimes you're trusting in yourself to do the job. And sometimes in God. And sometimes I feel like a nut. And sometimes I don't. I'm enjoying God. Mound. Don't. Do not waver for a person. People who are not laughing are a lot younger than me and don't know that commercial. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown, tossed by the wind. You trust in God. Put everything in Him. And I know sometimes we, we fight with this mentality. Well, Pastor, I really think I don't deserve it because I don't live the greatest life and I don't do things like this. This is a, a good refrigerator scripture for you to change the way you see yourself. Romans 5.21 says this, So that just as sin has reigned in death, so grace his unearned and undeserved favor. What kind of favor? What kind of favor? His unearned and undeserved favor. Well, what kind of favor is that? That means you didn't do well enough to get it. But he says, I'm giving it to you by grace. By grace. So that it might reign also through righteousness, right standing with God, which issues in eternal life through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, our Lord. We said this last week in Philippians 3.3 3, that it, Paul said, don't put any confidence in your flesh. Oh, I'm doing really, really good this week. I'm really living for God this week, honey. You're on a slippery slope. You're putting confidence in your flesh. And we all know about your flesh. It stinketh. Even when you bathe it, it doesn't take very long. It stinketh again. Why? It's your Don't put any confidence in your flesh. Your confidence has to be in God. Well, become a person that lives, breathes in the grace zone. You could pray something like this. Lord, I thank you that I can receive your grace, your favor, because I don't deserve it. But I'm thankful that I qualify and you have given it to me. How do you qualify? You just believe God gives it. That's your qualification. You believe God. 
God has given you that. That's all it takes. You believe in it. Because so many of us, we believed and had dreams maybe when we were younger. I truly believe the, the stories, the, illustra- the real life stories, the truth that is in the Word. Want, God wants us to see things differently. You have to get a different picture. I mean, a 90-year-old woman have a baby? You, boo. It just doesn't compute. God says, I'm going to see, you're going to see differently, Abraham. The deadness of Sarah's womb? Your dream can't be that dead. Your future can't be that dead. Not the deadness of a 90-year-old woman's womb. I mean, that's dead. But God says, I can speak life to something that is so dead. I can give beauty for ashes. It's burned up. There's no hope in the natural. You know, when something's a pile of ashes, there's no hope in that. God says, I can give you beauty out of ashes. Some of you, your life may be nothing but an ash heap, and that's what you see. God says, good. Look to me. Because I can take that pile of ashes and make something beautiful out of it. You plus Jesus is awesome. You just need to hook up with Jesus. Amen? I want you all to um, really, I've got a video clip here to help us that even in the world people know that they need to see differently. So this video clip I'll show you and help you to see what I'm trying to explain this morning. Go ahead and let's see that. Okay, okay. Obviously you knew obviously you knew somewhere inside yourself that you were destined to be famous because I think it's a really a marvelous thing, that visualization thing you did. Do mm-hmm. y'all do y'all read about this or hear this? That you used to go up on Mulholland Drive and park yeah, every night. and visualize seeing yourself as yeah, I would visualize. Uh, yeah, I would this visualize. This is when you were broke and poor. You know, right, having mm-hmm. directors interested in me and people that I respected uh, um, saying, you know, I like your work or mm-hmm. whatever that is, and and uh, I would visualize things coming to me that I w- wanted or whatever. This and, was in uh, like 1987, 85. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I you... had nothing at that time, so it was like, it, but it just made me feel better. It made me at that time all it really was for me was kind of making me feel better. I would drive home and think, well, I do have these things. And they're out there. I just don't have a hold of them yet, but they're out there. Okay. So you would get this from what? Self-help books or whatever? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Self-help section. Self-help section. They've renamed it the Jim Carrey <laughs> wing. <laughs> so didn't you write yourself a check? I heard yeah. that you did. Is that true? I wrote myself a check for $10 million for acting services rendered. And I gave myself uh, five years or three years, maybe. And, uh, and uh, I dated it Thanksgiving 1995, and I put it in my wallet, and I kept it there, and it deteriorated and deteriorated and stuff. And uh, and uh, but then, just before Thanksgiving 1995, I found out that I was going to make 10 million dollars on, I think it was Dumb and Dumber. Maybe. Dumb and Dumber, yeah. Yeah. So you visualize yourself like. Yeah, yeah. Visualization works if you work hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's that the thing. You, you can't hard. just visualize yeah. and then, you know, go eat a sandwich. <laughs> I love that. That was such a powerful... He, you may think, well, that's just a, a weird thing that happened, you know, and I don't even know if he's safe. I don't know if he's saved either. But I do know one thing. It does work. 
And I can prove it from the Word of God. It's not my opinion. Your imagination was given by God. God gave man, women, He gave people imagination and their ability. If I say a black Doberman pincher, in your mind, do you see B-L-A-C-K Doberman? You know, however you spell that. But do you see that? Or do you see a black dog? That's a picture of a Doberman pincher. You don't see the word written out. You see pictures. Do you see pictures? Does anybody see a word spelled out? I just want to know if, if you're not normal. But no, anyway. You see pictures. It's a God-given thing. Why do we do that? God wants you to see things. The reason I said that it's true no matter what, in Genesis chapter 11, God told the people to replenish the earth, which means to go out the whole world and replenish it. Some theologians said the people here not only were rebelling against God, but they were actually building uh, a temple to, to be worshipped. But in Genesis chapter 11, Genesis chapter 11, it says that... Uh, and they said, go, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language and they will begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. They were rebellion against God, and God himself said there will be nothing restrained from them. What? In which they imagine to do. See, I believe for five years, Jim Carrey kept seeing himself as getting $10 million, becoming wealthy, and he went out and did... Uh, comedy clubs and he did this gig and this gig and that and all of a sudden he started believing he started he would take out that 10 million dollar check so many times he said it was crumbling so he didn't just leave it in there he kept looking at it thinking I'm going to be 10 million dollars richer and within the next five years he kept visualizing seeing it to where what he saw he started to believe and what he believed manifested it's a God-given principle that God has given everybody on the planet, not a special few. That's why when I said, oh, if your goal is to lose weight, if you want to be more financially successful, if you want this, whatever, honey, get a picture. If you need to Photoshop your body, then do it and put it on a refrigerator and go, that's me, Boom. If you want a financial, your business to be financially prosperous, you better get a picture. Because your checkbook will show you that yeah, it's in the red. And that's guess what happens? That's the, what you start visualizing. You want a better marriage? You better get a picture. Anything that you want in this life, it needs to start up here with a better picture. That's why God said, I've made you. He, he's given us the picture. You're more than a conqueror. Thanks be to God who always causes me to... Triumph. What, is, what is God doing? It takes no faith at all to look at yourself and go, man, you're 100 pounds overweight. Thank you, Jesus. It takes no faith to do that. 
takes no faith to look at your checking account and go, you're in the red. You're broken, poor man. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No, it takes no faith to do that. But it does take faith to see things differently. You've got to get a better picture. If you don't, it'll be same old, same old. And everybody, I guess God just wants me to see like that. Oh, get out of your religious, quit making us throw up. It ain't God. Well, I guess this is what God wants me to have. He, and, you know, this is just really? So why did he say nothing that they have imagined? Didn't sound like it was up to God. To you, how about, I mean, to me, how about to you? Did that sound like it was up to God? Sound like it was up to their imagination. What they were believing and picturing in their mind. That's what it sounds like. Come on now. This is good stuff. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. Notice man's ability to accomplish things is linked to the imagination. The imagination is like the it's like a womb of creativity. This is like a womb up here that God says, I want to develop something in here. And so he says, read the word, think about me, think upon the good news. Instead, the church has been dishing out all kinds of terrible news for decades, for centuries, you know. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. You're probably going to hell anyway. You're hellbound. You're just a hellacious person. So what do people do? They get this picture in their mind. You never amount to anything. Yeah, you'll probably get into heaven by the skin of your teeth. What, what's up with that? Where did that come from? Woo, barely made it. No, you don't barely make it to heaven. I was just, I did one good deed, to just one better than my bad deeds. Really? Oh, really? So it was Jesus plus your good deeds that got you to where you're at. No, it ain't nothing about you. It's Jesus, and he wants you to get a different picture, honey. So in 2017, Rocky Mountain Family Church is going to help you and everybody in here get a different picture. Why? Because behavior is going to follow identity. If you start knowing your identity, that you're the righteousness of God. Instead of, you know, sister, yeah, I know. I see you sinning, but we are all just sinners by grace. I mean, we're just saved, you know. We're just all sinners. And we're just all poor and broke. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That makes it religious, you know, when you tack that on the end. Oh, we just did this. Oh, bless. You know, down the south, oh, look at that stupid person. Bless his little heart. That makes it okay. They do that in the South. I'm not kidding. I'm from the South. They say, look at that person. They are just ugly as all get out. Bless their little heart. If you say, bless your little heart, it makes everything. Oh, yeah, that's okay then. You can throw anybody under the bus as long as you put, bless their little heart. They're the stupidest person I've ever seen. Bless their little heart. That's not okay, by the way. Just so you know, that's not okay. But it's not okay either to make everything religious. Honey, you've got to know what the picture God has given you. And for the most part, we're lacking in that. We includes me. We are lack because it is better and far greater than anything. It says in Ephesians 3.22, God is doing exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or thing so obviously he's saying i want to do greater and greater and greater he says so let's just start getting a better and greater picture you cannot be a blessing if you're just barely getting by 
And so what does the church tell people? You know, money's wicked, you know, do that. So guess what? The church hasn't been able to help squat with anybody. And the devil goes, we want more people living under the bridge. I don't know about you, but that needs to be broken. Pueblo's a good place for that to start. Oh, if we only had the economy of Denver. Yeah, God just can help Denver, but you know, he's left us in Pueblo. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? I don't know about you, but I'm going to refuse for Pueblo to go to hell. I'm going to refuse Pueblo to live in poverty. I'm going to refuse Pueblo to live in drugs and, and all the prostitution and all the wickedness. No, Pueblo's blessed of God. Get a different picture of our city and your mind and your behavior will start to just rub off on people. Yeah, Pueblo's a pretty good town. Oh, pretty good. Pfft. What picture have you got? They may make this the capital of the United States. <laughs> Washington stinks. And it's been stinking for a long time. And everybody said. Yeah, amen. I'm not even going to say blessed be the name of the Lord on that one. That's just fact. But anyway, <laughs> I'm having fun. Listen to me. we got to get a different picture about everything in our life, about your marriage, about your children, about your health, about your finances. It's got to be bigger and better than what you've ever had in the past. Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget the past, and I press to the future. So God is saying if you want your future to be brighter, honey, you better get a better picture inside of you right now. 2017 is a good time to start that. Today's a good time to start that. And here in one message, this is a great message. It's not my message. This is God's message. So I can say it's great. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just agreeing with God. I believe this is from God. I really do. I wouldn't be giving it to you. I believe Pueblo needs a hand. It doesn't take every person. They had 120 gathered in the upper room. 120 people. The world just saw the explosion of the church with 120 people. We have about 140, 150 people at Rocky Mountain Family Church. I mean, if we get everybody seeing something differently, something greater, look out Pueblo. Look out Colorado. Look out America. Look out world. It will scatter and spread. I'm telling you, the goodness of God is greater than what we've even can think. It is so good. That's what, one of my favorite songs. He's a good, good father. Oh, I just almost cry every time I hear that. Because I, I believe in the last 12 months, I've, I've, the veil has been lifted from my eyes to see the goodness of God. And it's just the beginning. He is so good. He is better than good. I mean, you, we can't explain it. He's that good. And, and I'm telling you, if, the, if Pueblo knew this and everything, there's 150,000 people in there. They would be flocking and stand, this, every church, if it was preaching the gospel, the good news, how good he is. I mean, people would just say, but you know what? People who feel, listen to me. They know they've done wrong, and so they know they've done wrong, and when you know you do wrong, you feel condemned, and if you feel condemned, you, you know there's punishment. 
And if you know you go to a church, you're going to get feel worse condemnation, so you think, I, I'm, I'm going to deserve punishment. If you and I knew that we would go to a place to get punishment, would you go there? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, go there and they're going to put a needle underneath your fingernail. You want to go? No, I think I'll pass. You want to pray about it? Nope, don't have to pray about that. Nope. But if we tell people, you know, that come in and they, their life is a mess. I mean, you know, I think Daniel says it's a hot mess. It's not just a mess. It's a hot mess. I don't know what that means, but it sounds bad. But it's a hot mess. If people come in, you know, your life is a hot mess. We have got the recipe for you. Believe upon him who is never a mess, who is the perfect, perfect person. Just believe upon him. Take his payment and his punishment and you're in the family. But, well, no, I, I really need to clean some things up. I don't want the, the roof to fall in when I walk in. If that was the case, it would have walked in when the preacher walked in. I'm serious. I'm not perfect. There's nobody here. People say, I'm just looking for the perfect church. Well, as soon as you show up, it's not going to be perfect anymore. <laughs> just keep thinking about that. People say, oh, that church is nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. Probably a lot of other stuff too. Come join us. What? Yeah, come join us. We, we're just a hot mess. But we believe on him who has made us righteous. We believe on him who has made us holy. We believe on him who's putting a greater picture inside of us and causing us to be more victorious every day because of him, because of him, because of him, in spite of me. It's called grace, undeserved favor. I don't deserve it. I never can do anything to deserve it. But he's given it to me freely. You want to come be part of that? Yeah, well, come on. That's the good news. We're going to preach and preach and preach and teach and teach until everybody gets that picture in their brain. You need that imagination inside of yourself. Quit looking at yourself with a picture of sickly weakliness. Quit seeing yourself with that sickness, that hepatitis or whatever. You need to get a pic picture, whatever sickness or weakness you have, picture that on, on Jesus when he's hanging on the cross. Let your imagination go there. If you've got a bad heart, just picture Jesus and look. You can do this in your imagination. It's awesome. Just look at Jesus. He's on the cross. And all of a sudden, just, just let your eyes go through his skin and see that poor heart with sickly heart. It's just barely beating. Ooh, it's a sick heart. Yeah, Jesus. Put it on him. Listen to me. This is good. Put that sickness on him when he was on the cross. And then say, Jesus, thank you for paying. You took it for me. 2,000 years ago, he took sick hearts. He took hepatitis. He took AIDS. 2,000 years ago, he took AIDS. Every disease known, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 66, says, and every disease that's not mentioned in this book is part of the curse. So every sickness, I don't care what you have, there's only 15 people in the world who have this, and I've got it. Jesus says, I bore it. So you picture whatever weakness you have on Jesus while he's on the cross. Let your imagination go there and then go, thank you for paying that for me. 
Thank you. I'm healed now. Now you, got a, you, now you get a picture of yourself being healed. Picture that on him. Poverty? Poor Jesus. He's just poor. Poor. He's poor. Poor. And just put bills all over him, unpaid. Red ink bills all over him, unpaid. Repossessed. All that over him. He bore it. He bore that. He paid for everything so that you and I can be free from it. Let's stand.